That was pathetic. A hideous loss by Iowa tonight as they fall to Wisconsin. 64-52. Iowa can't find the broadside of a barn. Just uh, awful offensive performance in this one, including going 3 of 28 from downtown. We react live here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. We'll be shooting for 2,000. Get that subscriber base up to 2,000 by the NCAA tournament. I know there's a lot of sky is falling out there after this one. Boy, the frustration certainly mounting over, and Iowa falls to Wisconsin, 64-52. You know, going back here, what we talked about really the last couple of weeks, you go back to the Northwestern game on Sunday. It was one of those games, just didn't shoot it very well, but Wisconsin's good. They're playing well. Northwestern, excuse me, is playing well. That's not the case with this Wisconsin team. They're bad. This is a bad Wisconsin team. For what they've been for the last quarter of a century, this team is awful in comparison. And the opportunity was there from jumping out to an early 10-4 lead, not able to jump out and extend that lead. Dinking around in the first half. Kroll gets two fouls. He goes to the bench. And what does Iowa do? Well, for some reason, inexplicably, they make the decision to completely go away from what they were doing in the first half of the game and getting that early lead in the game, going through Philip Robracha and working the ball in the post. You dig a little deeper here. And one other thing that you're seeing with this Iowa team is they were using those post-ups. They're using Connor McCaffrey in a way where he was getting the ball, you know, 15, 18 feet away, trying to back him in and then get people cutting or for an open shot from the outside. And it just wasn't working. Another crazy thing. Looking at the numbers here, Iowa with 20 made field goals. Of course, only three of them from downtown. But of the 20 made field goals, just eight assists in the game. That is something completely different than what we are used to with Iowa basketball. It is when they are playing at a high level. It is sharing the basketball. It is that motion offense looking incredibly good. You go back to what they did against Ohio State. You look at them and when they played well against Illinois. When that motion offense is working incredibly well and guys are cutting and making plays, but we're also talking about a couple of games that were in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. And the shooting splits right now with this team are absolutely incredible. You know, on the road or away from Carver this year, they're averaging almost 20 points per game less per contest on the road. Everybody in college basketball, most everybody. I mean, they have a pretty significant split between what they do in their home gym and what they do on the road. That's just the reality of the situation. You're going to get different whistles. Calls are going to go another way. Just understanding the environment, where you've been, all those things are going to play together. But when you're looking at this and when you have a, a team like this that is built on their offense, you just can't have it. You can't have nights like this, and you can't have it happen against a team like Wisconsin. They're not good. This is a bad basketball team. And for what we thought this Iowa team still could be, you know, we were going into Sunday's matchup against the Wildcats thinking, a win here, we're in second place. Now all of a sudden, you look and we're right there, Meyer looking at maybe an 8-9 game, not just for the Big Ten tournament, but maybe an 8-9 game for the NCAA tournament. We've been talking about 
paths here a lot. What's it going to take for this team to break through and get to the second weekend? What is it going to be for them to make it happen and be able to go out there and do some good things? And at this point in time, we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen this team be able to go out there and play at a high enough level where they're going to be able to consistently win even two games. You know, we thought a path through a six seed. You get 11 in the first round, a three seed. You look across college basketball. Those three seeds aren't very strong, and you get excited. And, and here we are in this kind of performance, and they continue to happen. Seemingly every single year, you have these kind of games that are just – you can't wrap your mind around it. You can't understand how this Iowa basketball team, with the skill that they have out there, how they can just wilt. And it comes back to something we've talked about a ton throughout, really, the Fran McCaffrey era. Fran's a tough guy. Fran's a Philly tough guy, and he wears that on his sleeve, and he's emotional, and that's something that some people don't like. I am a fan of. I like to have that guy that is showing the emotion, that is out there and fighting for his team. I'm a big fan of Fran McCaffrey because of exactly what he does and, and what he's able to do with this team. But when you have options and when you have matchups like this and you see this happen, how do you shoot the ball this poorly two games in a row with a team that is built to make buckets how does this happen? And how does this come up from time to time throughout the course of the year? One thing I look at is that toughness. Where's that toughness factor? And I thought with Connor McCaffrey now playing the extended minutes that he is, because he's also a tough guy on the floor. He's a guy that you want with you. He's a guy that's going to talk and he's going to do the right things and he's going to make the right plays and he's going to do those things. And you couple that with a guy, maybe not that way, like Chris Murray. And we got to talk about Chris. This is continuing down. This is not Keegan Murray. They are different players. We talked about that before the season began. Maybe it's a little bit unfair because they're brothers, and you think, well, he's just going to be a turnkey operation, and it's going to be exactly what we saw Keenan a year ago. It's not the case. Chris can score. He can get to the bucket, but he does it different ways. He is not the on-the-block player that we got last year from Keegan. Just look at the numbers. Last year, Keegan, they got 60 dunks in the season. Tonight, Chris got one. That puts him up to 20 on the season. They're different guys, and he is a guy that is more of an outside, more of a perimeter-based player. Rabracha, he battles in there. He gives it at all, but I continue to wonder, is he worn down? You know, is this a guy that they have just put too much on his plate, and they got to go a different direction? Listening to Bray McCaffrey's press conference afterward, the question was asked, you know, is this team feeling down? Are they maybe grinded out there and got to look at some more bench options out there? You know, DeSante Bowen, he started in the first matchup against Wisconsin. He had four assists in that game. He was the starter. He didn't get off the bench here tonight. Ulysses was out that game. Bowen got the start. Josh Dix has now basically become your de facto backup point guard. Perkins can run it at times. Cotter obviously can run it at times. You have those two guys also out there. But in that circumstance, it's not about DeSante Bowen, though. It's about getting some help for Rebracha. And also in a ga game, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, in a game where you see Chris Murray go out with the two-foul rule. And again, I I'm sure you're probably sick of me hearing it. I at times I get sick talking about it, but you're following out your most talented player. Now, he wasn't the best player tonight. Chris Murray, he stunk. Well, let's be honest here. Chris Murray was bad tonight. Everybody, frankly, was pretty bad tonight in one way or the other. But he plays 27 minutes. Best case scenario and it plays out in that fashion when you're putting your guy on the bench and one of your best players on the bench with two fouls in the first half and extended time in the first half. And what if Chris was able to play with two fouls and instead of being down a point, you're up five at the half. Now, how different is that going to look? It's going to look absolutely hugely different 
in that scenario. So that's where my frustration lies. It, it can't be this hard and fast rule that it doesn't matter what's happening. You get two fouls, you have to sit out. I hate that. I just, I hate that part of it. And here, Chris Murray finishes with five points, five rebounds, didn't get it going, hit the one three-pointer. What does he finish up the game with? What did he have? Let's see, uh, foul. He finished the game at four. All right, he didn't foul out. But what it could have been, and we just will never know. It, it drives me absolutely crazy, as you know. So now we start to turn our attention a little bit forward. We look now to what Iowa has in front of them, and it is coming up Michigan State. Michigan State team, absolutely. They had an opportunity to win that game in East Lansing. What is Sparty going to bring? You know, that team, that emotional win. What's it going to be for them coming into Carver-Hawkeye Arena? We'll talk about that as we roll through here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Our friends over at FanDuel getting ready for the second half of the NBA schedule and get started, in fact, here on Thursday evening. With the midway point here, it's an opportunity right now for new customers out there with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, three-pointers, drain. You can do it all with FanDuel. Hey, maybe you hopped aboard with me tonight and made a little money on those Wisconsin Badgers. I was on Bucky tonight. Hated to do it, but I, I have too much scar tissue throughout the years of this stupid Wisconsin team. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more about a great opportunity for you. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Trent kind of back rolling with you here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day as we react to the Iowa loss to Wisconsin. There's concerns. There's frustrations. You can hop on in the comment section right now and uh, just tweet your comments, and we will react to them here in live time as we come to you after this one, a 64-52 loss to Wisconsin. So the question becomes, what does Iowa do? Where, where do they turn now? And with the three games still in front of them, two back at Carver, that's a good thing. Iowa's been such a better team at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. They put up these shooting splits during the game, and I took a screen grab of that. Tony Perkins at home. From three, shooting 40%. On the road, 20%. Patrick McCaffrey, 40% at home. Good. On the road, 29. Chris Murray, 41% at home, 33 on the road. Patrick uh, Peyton Sanford, 36% at home and 30% on the road. There will be no games in Carver Hawkeye Arena. The closest they'd be able to play is in Des Moines, and that'll be a different gym. That won't be any true road environments. That is true, but... Oh, where is this team and where does their resume go? So Ken Pomeroy, the analytic-based site, Iowa drops here this evening. Uh, they were number 38 going into action this evening. They fall down to 44. You look at the net, Iowa was at 42 going into this one. Wisconsin's going to jump into the top 75, and that means that this is going to be not a 
quad three loss like they had earlier this year to them at home and then a quad two loss here. It's going to bump up a little bit, but the resume is going to be dinged. And it's not just losing the game, but it's also losing in the fashion. As Iowa falls apart down the stretch and gives up those two wide open threes in the corner, what you're left with now is a lot of question marks about this team and what their analytics are going to look like. You know, the wins that they had in quad one that were looking pretty solid. Well, other teams are starting to catch up. I was not in danger right now of missing the NCAA tournament. Let, let's stop that right now. And that narrative that I think is out there for some people. That's not the case. I was not in a position right now that they're going to lose their NCAA tournament spot. If they lose out, they lose coming up on the weekend in Michigan State. And then they go on the road and they get clubbed by Indiana. And then they lose to Nebraska at home. And then they lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Then we're having a different conversation. I don't believe that's going to happen. I, I believe that guys like Connor McCaffrey, that Philip Fabraccia, that those guys, Tony Perkins, are not going to allow this team to crater. But that is out there. When we get to that point, I think we can have it. But here and now, you don't go from a projected six at worst seven seed and pretty much every bracketologist out there. I, I mentioned before here on the podcast, Bracket Matrix. It breaks it all down. All the bracketologists that are out there, you can see a full breakdown of things. And that's where Iowa on average was last six seed first seven seed right in that range we well, don't take a road loss to i call them bad frankly a very average wisconsin team and you don't suddenly fall out of the bracket that's not going to happen but you're treading in a danger dangerous direction and i go back to fran mccaffrey's first ncaa tournament team that team was really good through the first couple of months of the season they put themselves in really good position to be in the top half of the big 10 and they fell apart late I remember that was also when Patrick, as a high schooler, had got his cancer diagnosis. There was a lot going on, a lot of frustration, certainly there with the team. And then you had big picture stuff happening with Patrick and what Patrick and what was happening with him. So you look at the overall resume of that Iowa team. They should have been shipped to Dayton. They should have been playing Tennessee in the first round. That team should have probably been on the eight nine line, something like that. When you look at the totality of the resume, but well, people looked at the way they were playing late. And that impacted seeding. It's not supposed to. There is no longer a metric, as there was in the past with the NCAA selection committee, where last 10 or last 12 games was a metric. That, at one point, was a metric. It's not there anymore. But these are humans. These are humans making decisions. And you know that is going to weigh on their minds. So the resume, pretty good shape right now. Seven quad one wins. You look at the resume in comparison to other bubble teams that are out there. They dominate. It's a dominant resume in comparison to what those other teams have. So that is where we're at at this point in time. Don't freak out. Don't be going out there and say, oh, here we go again. They're falling apart. They're going to be out of the turf. They're not. They're not an NIT team right now. Stop. That's just not true. They lose out. Different conversation. I don't think that'll happen. It's Michigan State coming up this weekend. Huge matchup for them. This and back-to-back -back games, though. So. Here's a saving grace. Here's some positivity. And if you've been listening for a while, you know positivity is not exactly my strength for the teams that I root for. Uh, been built up with a, a lot of L's throughout the years and a lot of frustration throughout the years. And because of that, optimism as a sports fan is not something that is one of my strengths. Well, first of all, the very simplest equation, part of the equation is you're going back home. We've seen this team is completely different at home than they are on the road. All right, that's good. You got two more home games remaining here. Michigan State up and down 
and got blitzed out of the building late in the game against Michigan last weekend and then had the emotional win against Indiana and their first game on campus since the devastating shootings that happened at Michigan State University. So you also wonder, you know, basketball aside, where they're going to be mentally, you know, coming off that emotional kind of win, where they're going to be and what that's going to mean for them uh, coming into the game against the Hawkeyes. That's a different conversation. That's something completely different, but something I think you at least have to think about a little bit when you go into that game. Another thing that I'm optimistic about, we remember the shooting slump that Peyton Sanford was at at the beginning of the Big Ten play, and really for much of the non-conference on top of it, he was struggling mightily. I mean, he was really, really struggling. And Fran kept with him. And Fran, he pumps up his guys. I mean, he he gives them so much confidence that you got an open shot, shoot it. You have an opportunity to shoot the ball, to score, go do it. He doesn't take that away. And because of that, and because we've seen this happen before, guys go through slumps and they're able to pull themselves out of it, I have confidence that that's going to happen. This is not something that's going to linger the rest of the year. Like, there's too many guys that can score on this team that the struggles are going to continue. Now, that doesn't mean that Sparty can't go in there and mug and club and hold and do all their Sparty things that Izzo loves to teach and has ruined Big Ten basketball because of it. It doesn't mean that if they get a bad whistle that this is going to be an automatic win because it absolutely can go the other way. Where Michigan State hits a bunch of shots. That's the other thing. Those open threes from the corner. I mean, three straight trips down, just wide open, a couple out of out-of-bounds plays. You just can't have that. You know, and, and, and to that big picture. So there's the optimism. Let's come back to the other way. And it's something that this team defensively was better tonight, but again, Wisconsin's not great. Is it the time after this season? It's going to be kind of a, a resetting, if you will, of Iowa basketball. They're bringing in four freshmen. They're going to be very busy in the transfer portal. They need a big, maybe two. Maybe need some help, some shooting help. I I, I don't know what roster construction-wise Fran is thinking about next year's team, but they're going to need some help. There's no doubt about it. It just can't be the freshmen and a couple of holdovers, and you think that they're going to be in contention again for a top half of the Big Ten and, and being an NCAA tournament team again. And th- that's not realistic. There's work to be done. But if there was a time as you're hitting that reset and, and really reshuffling the roster to go out and make a change in the coaching staff. And that doesn't mean firing a guy, but you know, Sherman Dillard been around for a long time. Maybe it's time for him to retire, to move on, to do something else if he wants to. Iowa needs to go out and find out a way to get better on the defensive end. I don't need to take her with the offense really at all. And I know you look at the last two games and say, Trent, you're a moron. Of course you got you to fix offense. No, we know this. Year after year after year, Fran McCaffrey's teams are excellent offensively. These last two games have sucked. No two ways about it. But year in and year out, most game in and game out, they're going to be on the plus side offensively. What the problem is, is defensively. Look, Wisconsin missed a ton of open shots. So did Iowa. Uh, both teams missed a ton of open threes. And, and that was just the baffling part about this. It wasn't just Iowa missing. It was Iowa missing as poorly as they were on so many of these shots, just clanging all over the place and hear that thud off the rim. Ooh. Don't use the basketball excuse either, please. Enough. Heard it last year in the NCAA tournament. Heard it again here. Every time you go to Wisconsin, they use that stupid, more slippery ball, and everybody complains about it. Look, Iowa's gone in there and won before. The team's gone into Wisconsin and won. Wisconsin was 3-6 and six against the spread at home at the Kohl Center this year coming in. Teams have been able to figure it out. 
Iowa can figure it out too. And they figured it out before. And Jordan Bohannon, his freshman year, when he hit that three-pointer, he wasn't worried about that stupid basketball that they used. So come on, enough with the excuses. Enough with that garbage. I, I hate that stuff. Those are stupid excuses. We'll make different excuses here. Where was I going? I went on a diatribe there about the stupid basketball. But frustration, I get it. I'm frustrated. This was such a winnable game. And there's been these winnable games. When you get beat by Northwestern over the weekend, on Sunday, look, they just played a lot better. Wisconsin's not better than Iowa. And they beat them twice this year. They're not a better basketball team. And they beat you twice. Yeah, the first game you played without Chris Murray and Aaron Ulis, get it. This one, there's no excuses. Well, Fran fouled out his own guy. Only got 27 minutes out of Chris Murray. I guess you could go that route. But, but oh, that's where I was. The defense. The defense, again, is so faulty year after year. And it's the exact inverse of the conversation that we have every single year with what happens on the football field, right? Where it's about the offense, and the offense sucks, and we go down that road, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and same thing here. We talk about the defense year after year after year. Michigan, under John Beeline, they made a choice. They were going to go out, and they were going to hire a defensive specialist. So they brought in Yaklich as an assistant coach and basically John Beeline, great coach, won a ton of games, just like Fran McCaffrey throughout his career. And he said, the defense is yours. Figure it out. Because Iowa, they do different things. And yeah, they'll force turnovers at times or make teams uncomfortable with the pressure. They do that. But then they fall back. And it's the thing that leaves, drives me absolutely nuts about this team defensively is there's times where a guy just beats you off the bounce, right? And there's going to be guys that get open threes, but they're never connected. They're never in a spot where defensively, they just they look like they even know what they're trying to do. You hand the reins off to somebody that has that kind of background, that has a defensive coaching background. I think it could be a huge, huge help for this program. Will it happen? We will see. I'm not holding my breath about that one. We know Fran, much like we talked about, he's always got his guys back. He also has his coaches back. And if Sherm or whoever else isn't ready to move on, uh, he's certainly not going to force their hand. We wrap things up here on a live edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast with Trent Conda. We'll come back and finish things up. You got a comment, make sure to hit us up in the comment section there. Uh, just click on it. We will get you going over there. Iowa Falls 64-52 to Wisconsin. We wrap things up as we roll through in a moment. Trent kind of back with you one final time here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. 11 a.m., Sparty comes to town. There's always something special about Michigan State and what they've developed. The last Big Ten program to win a national championship. There's always something a little different when they come to town. It's kind of like Indiana was you know, through the 80s and into the 90s, what the Hoosiers were. It's kind of what Michigan State has morphed into, at least for me as a fan, when you see them. Then the road trip out to Indiana, incredibly difficult. They're going to have revenge on their mind, and the Hoosiers are playing some pretty good basketball themselves Tuesday night aside against aforementioned Sparty. And then Nebraska, who's played really, really well right now. Little Sammy Hoiberg. Yeah, that guy. He's out there doing his thing. So with all that being said, here we are with this team. Again, don't hit the panic button. They're still going to be an NCAA tournament team, I believe. 
They're not on the bubble right now. They are safely in the NCAA tournament. It would take a collapse for them to at least even fall into bubble consideration. We got the women's team coming up this weekend. They're not going to be playing for a regular season title. Still a huge matchup and opportunity. Keep yourself on the two-seed line. Get that win against Indiana. Maybe even set up a rubber match. You'll get Maryland in the 2-3 game, likely in the Big Ten semifinals if they advance to that point, and then maybe a rematch against Indiana in the finals. But with game day being there, a huge opportunity for the women uh, to showcase not just the play of Caitlin Clark, but also the program in general. That'll be really cool on Sunday. And then we got a week off before we get going with the wrestling team in the Big Tens. This year will be up in Ann Arbor as I will go up there. Got to see the full complement of the lineup uh, against Oklahoma State on Sunday. And boy, they look good. Are, is it enough to chase down Penn State? Not likely. It's still going to be a highly unlikely scenario where the Hawkeyes are going to be able to do that and chase down that Penn State behemoth, certainly in the NCAAs. I mean, they're going to have four or five guys wrestling, likely for national championships there. Spencer Lee, he's got to win it. He's got to have a lot of pins along the way and get the bonus points. And, and as we get closer to that, we're going to come up with the math that it's going to take for Iowa to chase down the championship. But got a lot in front of us here. Iowa baseball, they'll get an opportunity against number one LSU coming up on Saturday. Same Houston State before that and uh, Kansas State on Sunday. So a big weekend as they go down to Texas for Iowa baseball. I get the frustration. I, I completely understand where Hawkeye fans are right now with the frustration about the way that this went here tonight, and I'm right there with you. That's why I want to jump on here before everybody got to bed late and uh, talk with you a little bit about the loss to Wisconsin. It's frustrating. It was ugly. It was a winnable game that you let get away. A lot of different things that can happen. Can Fran push the right buttons and get this team back in the right spot mentally? I think that remains the big question going in to Michigan State. Maybe a couple minutes of here or there. Throw Mulvey in there for a two-minute stretch. Throw in a gun delay for a minute or two. Do those kind of things. Give Robracha every help that he can get. And you got to get Chris Murray going. And when he's not going, you know, did you did you notice how many times Connor, Connor McCaffrey was yelling at him? I mean, there's no two ways about it. And and Chris reacted a little bit. Can, can we get a little emotion, though? Can we get just a little bit of emotion from Chris Murray every once in a while? Not a smile, not a smirk. Even if it's a fake, tough guy, get, give us something here. Connor's got that. Robracha's got that. Perkins has got that. We get a little out of your best player in Chris Murray because when it's not going well, boy, he can completely disappear. Good news is he'll be back in Carver on Saturday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We're going to chase down LaShawn Daniels. We got some football talk to get into as we look at the offseason. Iowa football getting ready, of course, for spring practice right around the corner. Getting excited about that. We'll talk about that plenty. Get LaShawn's reaction to the Hawkeyes' loss this week. It was a tough one. Tough week to be a Hawkeye fan. Starting on Sunday and the loss to what we had for the men's team. You come back a couple days later throttled the women do by Maryland and then this one against Wisconsin has been a tough week let's make it a good weekend we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on Lockdown Hawkeyes go Hawks